Dawn and I just returned from spending over a week visiting our seminary's partners in South Korea. And I am beyond jet lagged. <laughs> reminded of the story of the preacher who dreamed he was preaching and woke up to find out that he was. That may be what's going on here today, we'll find out. <clears throat> Our scripture text comes to us from John chapter 6, beginning at verse 1. After this, Jesus went to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, also called the Sea of Tiberias. A large crowd kept following him because they saw the signs that he was doing for the sick. Jesus went up the mountain and sat down there with his disciples. Now the Passover, the festival of the Jews, was near. When he looked up and saw a large crowd coming toward him, Jesus said to Philip, where are we to buy bread for these people to eat? He said this to test him, for he himself knew what he was going to do. Philip answered him, six months' wages would not buy enough bread for each of them to get a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, there is a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish. But what are they among so many people? Jesus said, make the people sit down. Now there was a great deal of grass in the place, so they sat down, about 5,000 in all. Then Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to those who were seated, so also the fish, as much as they wanted. When they were satisfied, he told the disciples, gather up the fragments left over so that nothing may be lost. So they gathered them up, and from the fragments of the five barley loaves left by those who had eaten, they filled 12 baskets. When the people saw the sign that he had done, they began to say, this is indeed the prophet who has come into the world. The word of the Lord. Amen. Holy God, we ask that you would let us find ourselves in this great crowd, that we too might be ministered to by the living bread of Jesus Christ. We ask it in his name. Amen. It's been a very demanding time for Jesus and the disciples. This is a time in which his popularity was at an all-time high, and we're told that a large crowd had been following him. So to get away from some of the demands of the ministry, Jesus decides to take his disciples on a retreat. They sail across to the other side of the Sea of Galilee and climb a mountain to just have some time to themselves. 
But just when they settle into their time alone, they look up to see that the large crowd has followed them there. And then the next thing that happens is just absolutely precious. When he looked up and saw the large crowd coming towards him, Jesus said to Philip, where are we to buy bread for these people to eat? Now, put yourself in Philip's sandals here. There has been just relentless days of ministry after days of ministry with this large crowd. You finally get a little time alone with Jesus, maybe to talk about your own needs, but this crowd crashes your mountain retreat, and then Jesus, the miracle worker, looks at you and says, you're going to have to run out to the store. An exasperated Philip says, Jesus, this is not in the budget. <laughs> Six months' wages would not be enough to give these people even a little bit. Philip is very much in touch with his limitations. Jesus, I don't have what it takes to fix these people. Right about then, Andrew shows up. I imagine him having a clipboard, and he says, well, we've done a little inventory here. We've got uh, one boy who has five loaves and two fish, which seems to me to be a huge lunch for one kid. I don't know. <laughs> but then realizing just how ridiculous this inventory is, Andrew's voice trails off as he says, but what is that among so many people? So much need. To this day, the attentive disciples of Jesus Christ confront a large crowd of need. There are those who today are crowding into basements in the Ukraine looking for shelter from the relentless bombing and shelling. There's the continual shootings in our schools and on our streets. There's one natural disaster after another formed by a climate that is groaning from abuse. And our society is coping as best it can with so much polarization, not just in the electorate, but in the churches and in the schools in every quarter. And whenever we get done reading about another one of these reports, we lift our eyes to see Jesus staring right at us, asking, what are you going to do about this? Now, some disciples, and these are the ones who worry me, say, I got it covered, Jesus. Count on me.
those who think that's their call inevitably end up on a crusade. And crusades have never worked out well for the church. Most of us, like Philip, want to try to help Jesus get a grasp on the reality of our situation. We say, Jesus, what am I going to do about this? Jesus, I don't have anything special going on here. I just have some education, a little insecurity, and a lot of debt. (laughs) I'm not even one of the A-team of disciples. It's just, this is Philip. (laughs) Who knows anything about Philip? Just, I, I don't have what it takes for all of this need. Some of our sociologists have been writing for some time now about a phenomenon called compassion fatigue. It refers to this feeling of being overwhelmed by the amount of social need that we're now constantly confronted with because of the accessibility of information. And like the burnt out disciples, we're tempted to lament about how much need there is and how inadequate we are to respond. To say things like, if I see one more photograph of a hungry child, if one more person tells me what I ought to do, I'm going to scream. I'm tired of feeling bad because I can't fix the world. I can't even fix my own life. Jesus, all I've got are five loaves and two fish. It is enough. According to this story, it's actually more than enough. Then Jesus took the loaves. And after he had given thanks, he distributed them to those who were seated. And then so also the fish. Until everyone had as much as they wanted. And there were 12 baskets left over. Notice, the text says that Jesus took the loaves and the fish. And he gave thanks. That may be the most important phrase in this whole story. Jesus took what little he had been given and he gave thanks for it and then the miracle could begin. That's the power of gratitude. The thing that distinguishes the disciples of Jesus from everyone else in our society is not that we are happy. There are lots of non-Christians who are very happy. We hate to admit that, but it's true. (laughs) 
And it's not that Jesus will ensure that we are successful. Jesus never promises success. The thing that distinguishes us is not that we have a worthy mission. Again, there are non-Christians who are doing very worthwhile things with their lives that are making a difference. No, I believe the thing that distinguishes the disciples of Jesus Christ is our gratitude for what Jesus has done, is doing, and what Jesus will do. We pay attention to even the small miracles that unfold in his hands when we give him what we have, as little as it may be. And we are made thankful. And the reason this distinguishes us is because we live in a society that has inculcated complaint as a virtue. Oh, we've got a basket full of complaint about what our parents did to us, what the government's done to us, the corporation's done to us, the church, the school has done to us, what God has not done for us. After all of our hard work, we lament, all I have to show for are these lousy five loaves and two fish. But in the midst of the hungry, demanding crowd perseveres this image of Jesus holding up what little he has been given and giving thanks for it. And then again, the miracle unfolds. In my own life, I have found that my real hunger is not for the thing that I'm complaining about. Because even if I get what I was complaining about, my hunger persists. My deep hunger, our deep hunger, is for a new heart. And we're not gonna get it as long <clears throat> as we are focused on the limitations of what we have, but choose instead to start focusing on the miraculous things that Jesus can do with it. You know, it's so striking that Jesus doesn't just create bread for the hungry people. No, he multiplies the loaves and fish that an anonymous kid gives him. So anonymous, this kid could be anybody, it, it, it could be you. Jesus retains the role of being the miracle worker, the savior. But he is not going to feed the hungry or establish justice for the oppressed or offer absolution to those in need of a priest, or provide community for the lonely by just creating those things out of thin air. No, he chooses to 
multiply what you give him. That's how the miracle works. Or doesn't work. It all depends on what you give. But what thankful people most want to do is be givers. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.